by God. And I'm thankful for the Lord tonight. What an, you know, I don't know how people make it in this world without Him. People are always trying to find things to make this life better for themselves, but if they would just get Him, boy, how much better life could be. Because the things that you add to yourself from this world might afford some temporary relief or pleasure, but uh, might even make you a little bit comfortable even in your flesh. But it's nothing compared to the joy unspeakable and full of glory that comes from living for God. It? it don't compare to the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I'm thankful tonight that the Lord will touch us and bless us and be with us. And we used to sing, you know, the old song, Blessed Assurance. I wish people still had that blessed assurance today, knowing that God's with them, just like that song was saying, before me, behind me, always beside me. Just He's there. He's going to be with me through every bit of it. Amen? Praise God. While you're standing quickly, I'll read a verse of Scripture and let you be seated. John chapter 8. I want to say also remember to continue to pray now that our kids, have, most of them have hit the schoolyard. So today around here was their first day back for a lot of them. And let's pray for them that they'll just make an impact this year in their schools. And then uh, I think this coming up Sunday, most of our UGA students will be back. And so we should have a, a good crowd of our college students back with us. And uh, we're excited about what God's going to do on uh, the University of Georgia campus this year. Uh, big revival. Big revival coming. Wouldn't it be great by the, if we got to the end, by the end of this college year that we had to have a second service on Sunday just for college kids? I'd be glad to, to, to hang around and preach for them again. Man, I tell you, if we could fill this place up again with a group of college kids and just keep sending them back on that campus full of the Holy Ghost, man, I'm telling you, that's what we want to see. John 8 and 31, Jesus was speaking to uh, the Jews of that day. He said uh, to the ones who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And I want to uh, preach for a little while tonight on this topic, standing on the truth, standing on the truth. Let's pray for the message tonight. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing, for the healing that's been released in this house tonight. And we thank you for the word of God that we stand on, for the promises that it holds let it find good ground in our heart tonight, Lord, so we can be better and changed, be more like you, and surely be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. If you'd give him a hand clap and shout of praise, hallelujah, before you're seated tonight, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. You can be seated. God bless you tonight. Since we've gotten home from this conference, I have uh, noticed a couple of different places on social media where, and I don't think it's a coincidence, I think that uh, our enemy, that old devil, the prince and power of the air, is very upset about what was distributed 
from that service in, in those services in St. Louis. And what I have noticed is that there has come out a lot of people, even on some of the posts that are talking about the miracles that happened and the ones who were changed and different things, that people are jumping into the feed to discredit that conference and to uh, make fun of the kids who were there, saying that they were not really changed and that nothing really happened, but they spent all this money to travel to a destination just to be entertained and, um, you know, just doing everything they can to make it uh, as less of a, a service as it was. It was tremendous, but they're wanting to belittle it. It's like they're trying to uh, shrink it down so people won't grab a hold of it, but it hit, but the all the news articles and the video clips are just being shared over and over and over and over again, and testimonies are being shared. And, and I can promise you that the enemy does not like that. And I even noticed now that I was showing it to my wife, I saw an ad on social media. There's a, I can't remember the name of it now, but there is a movie coming out that is kind of portraying uh, a group that wants to associate themselves with us, but it's more of that snake handling group. But they, the reviews made it out to be like the bad guys in the, that are in the movie are those people who speak in tongues. And so this world is going to uh, get a lot of, uh, I guess, feedback from Hollywood and negative sources to try to discredit our movement. And, and uh, I know that in the day that the Lord was walking this earth and then even after when the apostles were preaching that they dealt with things like this in the church where I know Paul multiple times had to remind people to beware of false teachers and those that would try to stir up trouble and, and pull people away from the faith. And I begin to think about that and, and we have so many new young people, new converts and people that are coming that if they don't get the truth, then they can be swayed away. And if we've ever made a decision to really root ourselves and ground ourselves in truth, then it better be in this day and hour. Because as this world continues to go on, you know, he can't stop the truth, but he can deter people from the truth, or he can pull them away from the truth. But I want to say tonight that whatever it was that got you to this apostolic faith, you stay with it because it was the truth. I did not uh, grow up in apostolic faith. And I, I know today that uh, what got me that night in January of 1993, it was the truth. And when I got down at that altar and repented of my sins and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and, and I came out of that water, I knew that something had changed, but it changed because of the truth. And when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, something changed, but it changed because of the truth. And, and I didn't try to figure out a new way to serve God. I just said, I want this old-time religion. When people start digging around always trying to find something new, they're going to get in trouble. I don't want anything new. I want what the old had. The Bible said to stand and ask for the old past, walk in the old ways. That's the good stuff. That's where you want to be. I, I want the old landmarks. I want those ancient landmarks because that's what got us to where we are today. I know we live in a different time and a different century, but God's word does not change. 
And if we're going to make it, we're going to make it on God's word. It is forever settled in heaven. It's not going to pass away. He's not going to change it. And I can't change it. You can't change it. And nobody, no matter how smart they are or how many degrees they have, cannot come in and change God's word and make it mean anything different than what it has always meant. We cannot. There is no new doctrine. There's not a new doctrine coming. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's it. If there's not going to be a God formed after him, there won't be a doctrine formed after him. It's always going to be one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. We've got to have the truth. I see people today that uh, have erred from truth. That, uh, that It's not that they don't believe in the Lord, but they have erred. They're not just completely turned their back, but they're looking for a new uh, found freedom so to speak. They, they think they, they're going to have a little more liberty if they drop a few things. But how can you drop what you used to see in the Word? Because if you saw it in the Word, it's still in the Word. And you can't drop the Word because the Word is truth. When he was talking to these Jews, these, uh, that he had done some things and taught some things, and they said many of the Jews there believed on him. So Jesus addressed the Jews. Do you realize that the Jews that believed on him had to change? They didn't just say, well, we're going to believe on you, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing. He said, uh, these Jews that had their traditions and had these things from their history and, and had lived by the law of Moses and had done these different things, there was going to come a point in their life if they were going to believe in him, they were going to have to change. There were going to be some things that they would have to start doing differently. There was going to be some ways that they were going to have to start believing. They were going to have to believe that this was and is the Messiah. And he said to them, he said, if you continue in my word. And so that means they had to accept that he was God in the flesh because they didn't follow anybody but God's word. They didn't follow uh, just men. Uh, they followed men of God in the Old Testament and and they believed the words because they would see that God uh, would shine through Moses. And, and they watched what he did with Joshua. And they realized that God was with Joshua just like he was with Moses. And so they understood that God worked through men. And they, when he said, you're going to have to continue in my word. And then you are my disciples indeed. You got to continue. You don't walk a little while and change direction. You don't walk a little while and let go. You don't walk a little while and decide you got something new. You're going to continue in his word, his unchanging word, his forever settled word, his powerful word. He said, and if you'll do that, you're going to know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what truth was he talking about to them? The truth that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, and now if the uh, son will make you free, you're free indeed. So he said two things. Well, how do I get free? Do I just uh, know the truth or do I know the son? You can't know the truth without the son. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he's also the word made flesh. So if you know the truth and the word is truth, then you'll be free, free indeed. He said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. 
and the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. You've got to continue in the truth of God's Word. Listen, don't let the winds of this world change your mind about what you've got. Don't let anybody's tradition change what you've got. Don't let anybody's ideas and new revelations change what you've got. Don't let some new book, some new program, some new movie change what you've got. If the preaching of the word, if that preached word of God got you to an altar of repentance, if that preached word of God got you into the baptistry to be baptized in Jesus' name, and, and if it, you were filled with the Holy Ghost according to Scripture, don't let anything rob you of the truth of God's word in your life. It was God's word that got you there. It shouldn't be man's word that takes you away. Paul said it like this. He said, don't uh, be spoiled by philosophy or vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world. I don't want to uh, take the world's ideas about this Bible because the world's got plenty of ideas about this Bible. They've got plenty of ideas about my Savior. But what I believe is what I read right here in the Scripture. And I'm going to continue in his word so I can be his disciple. I'm going to continue in his word so I can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And hey, you know what? He said, and if you'll do that, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. It'll make you free from worrying about the world. If you would know the truth. You'd see like the, that the Word of God is much better than what the world's got to offer. And so you're free from trying to compete with the world. You're free from peer pressure in this world. You're free from temptations of this world. When you know the truth, it makes you free. The truth that he loved me and died for me. The truth that he shed his blood so I could be washed whiter than snow. The truth that he filled me with his spirit. The truth that he went away to prepare a place so where he is I can be with him. Come on, somebody. I'm glad I know the truth today. Got to stand on the truth. Because this world is trying to discredit who we are, what we believe, and what we do. And hey, and believe it or not, they'll sneak right into the church and sit down beside you. Don't let nobody comes in. They might do somersaults down the aisle and run across the front. But let me tell you, if they're not on the word of God... They're not doing nothing but acting out. Let's listen. Oh, boy, but look how they run. Look how they jump. Look how they act. they they just like us, but except for. If you ever find that except for, uh-uh-uh, no, no exceptions. We've got to stay on the Word of God, and we've got to stay on the truth. The truth will never free you from God's Word. When people start say, well, I used to do that, but I don't do it no more. I, I've seen the truth will never release you from obeying God's word. It's what brought you to God's word. So anybody says, well, I'll let go of that. Then you let go of the word. Yeah, I, I, I used to not, uh, you know, I used to do that, but, but I, I've seen different. Then you look in the wrong way. Yeah, when you start looking all around, you can see different things. But when you keep your eyes on him, he's the truth. Yeah, he's the truth. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. I think I want to keep my eyes on him. And I want to listen to his word and continue in his word because I want to know the truth because the truth will make me free. I don't want anything else. In John 17, 
Jesus was praying and he was concerned, his concern was toward his disciples and the ones that would come after. And as he prayed, he said, I have, in verse 14, he said, I have given them thy word. Boy, you gave me miracles. Miracles come and go. You let me walk on water. Miracles come and go. He said, I have given them thy word. And guess what happens when you have his word? Well, if you have his word, if you continue in his word, then you're his disciple and you know the truth and the truth has made you free. But when you have his word and you have that freedom that only comes from the Lord, the world hates you because you are no longer hungry for what it has to offer. You're no longer a slave uh, to the things that it's got uh, to offer you. It, all the addictions and the, the, the things that it tries to bind you up with and that bondage it tries to bring you into, you're not interested in that anymore, and it hates you because of it. It hates you because you used to be like the world, and now you're not like the world. It hates you because the Word of God has caused you to be born again, and it can't stand the fact that you have changed or are no longer hungry for the world. The world hates you for your freedom. It hates the fact that you have the liberty of the Holy Ghost in your life. It hates the fact that you know the Son and that the Son has made you free indeed. He said, I have given them the word and the world hates them because it changed them. And they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. <coughs> you let go of the word of God, you're never more like Jesus you back away from the word of God, you're never more like him because he is the word. And so when uh, I say, well, I'm going to be like Jesus, well, are you? If the world's not hating you, if the world's not displeased with you, uh, then, hey, guess what? Maybe you're not like him. Uh, I'm not saying we're out picking fights with the world, but this world should know it's a world full of darkness and they should be able to tell when a light bulb is walking through it. <laughs> They ought to be able to tell when the light of the world is walking through it. They ought to be able to tell when the salt of the earth shows up. But Jesus said, I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. That doesn't mean he's going to put a shroud around us and we're never going to have trouble. He said, but this word that I have given them, let it keep them. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free if you continue in my word. So whose word are we supposed to continue in? I gave them thy word, continue in my word. Aren't you glad that you know who he is? Uh, so you don't get confused. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word sanctify means to make holy, to purify, or to consecrate. We know we are born again by the word of God. That, that's where our change comes. So the Lord said, sanctify them, make them holy purify them and consecrate them through your word. When you stick to the word of God, you're going to be holy because he's holy. We always read it for us to be holy because the Lord's holy. Well, how do I do that? Stick to his word. Live by his word. Don't say, well, that word's not for me. That word don't fit my lifestyle. Sorry, it's not about it fitting your lifestyle. It's about you changing to line up with the word of God. You've got to let the word of God change you. So the world hates us for our freedom because we are not like them. And you will never increase your freedom by going outside the word of God. 
oh, I got a new relay. I'm free from all that stuff. You might feel like you're free, but you have walked away from your freedom because the only way you stay free in him is through his word, through his truth. So there's no freedom by going outside the word of God. Holiness, purity, and consecration is not bondage. It's freedom. Is there is it? Hey, sanctify them. This is what Jesus, he's praying, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word sanctify, to make holy or holiness, purification, consecration, setting yourself apart and, and doing things that this world don't do and, and laying aside things that this world loves to hold on to. Holiness, purity, consecration is not bondage. It's freedom because it's truth. Because it's truth. Sanctify them, make them holy, purified and consecrated through thy truth. Thy word is truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I am not in bondage because I want to live holy. I am not in bondage because I want to live different than this world. I am not in bondage. I'm not under no man's rule. I'm under the word of God. Everything we do, we can bring it right back to Scripture. We're not making up our own playbook here. We're going by the word of God, and people... But people want to say, uh, you know, there, there's even a, a blog somewhere, and, and they're doing a series. It's, it's called Cultish or something like that. And they're doing a thing, a three-part series, trying to tear apart the, the United Pentecostal Church in the ways we believe. And they, they're taking a few little examples of something that happened in a church somewhere. Sure, there's bad things that happen everywhere, but they're trying to make that the norm. Like, that's how it is everywhere. That's not how it is everywhere. I love living for the Lord, and I love the truth of his word. And I don't regret one single thing I let go of or laid down or, or left behind for the Lord. It don't bother me that I don't look like I used to look. I'm glad that I look better than the way I used to look. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. I'm thankful I don't go the places I used to go and do the things I used to do. I'm thankful that Jesus made a change in my life. But this world is going to try to convince us and convince others to maybe, maybe he'll have to work a little harder on us who are settled and grounded in truth, but he's going to do everything he can to keep people out of these doors. But we've got to be able to show them the truth. And if we're not standing on the truth, how will they know that there is a truth? Let me tell you, don't take a day off from it. Don't take a vacation from it. Stand on the truth. Stick with truth. Live the truth. God's word is forever settled. It's not going to change. And so we might decide to change, but he ain't going to change. Well, Lord, I just, how about, I don't, have you got any different plans, you know, like my phone service has where I could maybe pick a few things and do that and, and that would work better for me? No. You got to do all of it. All the word. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for that is the whole duty of man. Yeah, that's the conclusion. Hey, so let me sum it up. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Love God, keep his commandments, fear him. That's the whole duty of man, keep his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So you can't just stick with the words in red because he's the God of the Old Testament. Manifest in flesh. You've got to keep all that, that moral scripture of God and, and realize that all these things that he said about, uh, about the way we look, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we act, that's all Bible. 
It's in the Bible. Now, if you want to roll the dice and say, well, I don't think God cares about that scripture, I don't believe in gambling. And I sure ain't going to gamble with my soul. And I'm not going to gamble with my anointing. And I'm not going to gamble with my walk. I want to live for God by his word. I'm not going to carve it up and try to pick my favorite parts out. You know, we have Thanksgiving. I don't, I don't want a drumstick. I don't like that. I like the dark meat. I don't care for it. I want the white meat. That's what I like. I don't like that dark meat. Don't, I don't like it. It tastes funny. That's me. But uh, this ain't Thanksgiving. This ain't a turkey that you can carve up and get the parts you want. You've got to take it all. You've got to have it all. We have got to live by the word of God because it's settled. Those ancient landmarks and old paths, they cannot be removed. If we're going to make it, we've got to stay. I know that the world is progressive. What if the Lord waits another hundred years before he comes? Then it will still be old landmarks and old paths. It'll still be his word. Acts 2.38 will still be the plan of salvation. There'll still only be one God, and his name is Jesus. And nothing of that's going to change. Holiness will still matter. Yeah. Modesty and dress will still matter. Yeah. All these things that we preach and believe in, it's, it's all going to still matter. Because it's the word of God. And so if the world decides, hey, you know what? We're just going, and they about do it anyway. We're just going to walk around butt naked. Well, go ahead. I'm not. And the people I know are not. But they might do it. Because that's, hey, don't be surprised. You know, it used to be you couldn't even walk in a place. Shirt and shoes required. For long, that ain't even going to matter no more. <laughs> Hold on and see. Hold on and see. You think this world ain't got, has got bad? It ain't got bad yet. They, they're going to get just, if it was like it was in the days of Noah, it said their imagination was always just trying to do something evil, just trying to think up something new to do. And, and let me tell you, there, there are people who would go. They, all nude restaurant, people will be there. Yeah. They'll be there in a heartbeat. They'll be there. They almost got them now. Driving down the interstate, you'll see it at the truck stops. They got... Uh, like topless bars, who, I got to get moving. I can't even, I can't, I, I'll get in trouble. I just got to get, get moving. But have you ever seen anything more ridiculous in your life? But that's the world that we live in. If we continue in his word, we are his disciples indeed. I got to continue so I can be free indeed. The world hates me and it hates you because of his word because it is the truth and it will come against it it will twist it but it can never ever ever change it it can never ever erase it but it will try to imitate it it will try uh, to to give you a alternate version to, that appeals that's that's where we choices mess us up that's why I'm glad there's just one God. Amen. Choices can mess us up. Uh, always been like this. In the book of Exodus, when God gives Moses the plan for getting his people out of Egypt, and he's sending Moses and Aaron to talk to Pharaoh. In Exodus 7 and 8, the Lord speaks unto Moses said, and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. 
And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh. They did so as the Lord commanded, and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and, it be, and before his service, and it became a serpent. That was God's plan. It was God's men, and it was God's word. And it happened just like uh, the Lord said. He dropped that rod, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Imitated but not duplicated. It was God's plan, God's men, God's word that ordained the miracle. No matter what it looked like, when they dropped their rods, serpents. But I don't care what it looked like. I don't care if it was hissing if it was slithering, if it was slimy, I don't care if it looked like the snake that uh, came out of Aaron's rod, it wasn't by God's word. It might have looked like the same thing, but it did not come from God's word. God's word is truth. And then it said Aaron's serpent swallowed up all them other ones. God's not going to let it continue. You know, that's the thing. It can't stand. That's why the scripture says, for we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Uh, They were more snakes than what uh, had been produced from Aaron's rod. But even with more, they couldn't destroy the truth. And what God ordained overcame. I want to stick with what God's got. You know, every time that they would do a miracle, the first couple of times, those they would do the same thing. They turned the water to blood. The magicians turned it to blood. Uh, they, they would do that, but it came to a point, God said, all right, I'm stopping this nonsense. And when they tried to duplicate the lice, they said, we can't do it. This is the finger of God. And they had to, to bow down and admit, we got nothing on him. This is God. This is the finger of God. And uh, so God might let something continue for a while, but he will always show who the true God is. And so what... Uh, Moses and Aaron did came from God's word and then the enemy tried to imitate it but he couldn't duplicate it and God's word gobbled it up before it was ever a serpent it was God's word just like before it was ever an ark it was God remember Sunday God's word you can't beat God's word God's word will always do what it's supposed to do I will listen when you start praying and doing things and you start talking about miracles, there will always be somebody. Well, I don't go to that kind of church, but this is what happens. We have that kind of, you know, all the, hey, you know what? And I'm not just trying to say, hey, let's be against every other denomination in church. That's not what I'm saying. But if you don't think that the enemy has planted churches so he can pull people away from the truth, man, we, we are riding with the blinders on. Let me tell you, there are, there, there are, I believe completely that there are com- entire churches that were started just to pull people away from the truth because it's always been like that. Or they'll have the fight, they'll, act like they, they'll have the hype, they'll have all the stuff going on, they'll, they'll be talking in tongues, imitated but never duplicated because if it does not come by his word, it is nothing but a device to draw people away into something that they never should get involved with after all. So we better be careful. Even Jesus warned us in the last days. He said, beware of false prophets. Man, let me tell you, in this world, this day, and this time, there are going to be people offering up alternate ways to go. 
been like that from the very, very beginning. When people tried to live by God's word, the enemy offered an alternate theory. Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He tested her knowledge of God's word. But see, she knows the truth. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. Oh, she does know what God's word says. Let's give her something to choose. And the serpent said, You shall not surely die. God said, lest you die. Satan said, you shall not die. I think I'll stick with what God said because Satan's words not forever settled in heaven. But it will lead you straight to hell. It'll put you in the wrong place. Adam and Eve's life and their quality of life was tied directly to God's word and obedience to it because God had said, don't touch it lest ye die. And then the serpent says, you shall not surely die. Now, and then he, he goes on to lavish a little bit. For God does not know that it, or God does know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, I see all the paintings of that and it's like the serpent is already in that tree. But I'm not sure that they were at that tree because Eve acts like uh, when she sees it, that like it's the first time she's ever saw it. I think that when God told them to stay away from it, they stayed away from it. Yeah. My, my view, my opinion, what I read, because it says when they get there, when the woman saw that the tree was good, but she couldn't see it right then in front of her, I don't believe they were standing at that tree. I don't believe he was wrapped up in the branches of that tree. Yeah. I, I think that uh, she talked to Adam and said, hey, you know what? This is what the serpent said. Why don't we ease on in there? And the closer they got, they dropped dead. So they kept until they got to it. And it says, and when she saw the tree, she said, hmm, look at all that fruit. It's good for food. And it was very pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Then she takes the fruit and she ate and she gave it to her husband also. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. They knew that they were naked sewed fig leaves together to make aprons. But the truth was, don't touch it, don't eat of it, lest you die. That was the truth. And if they had stayed on the truth, if they had continued in his word, they would have known the truth, and the truth would have made them free, free from being exiled out of the garden, free from a, a hard life in childbearing and a hard life in raising crops and all the things, free from the first murder that happened in their family. Look at all the things that they would have been free from if they had stayed on his word. Don't let go of the sure and settled word of God just because something else looks good or the offer sounds good. How many believes that their life was better after that point? There's never a better life outside the Word of God. Stick to that. Oh, oh no, look, look. You, you, you know, the reason your pastor preaches like that, he's trying to keep you under his thumb. 
but he knows that if you were to just go do this, you'd be free and happy and, and you'd, be, you'd be better. You better run away from them kind of people. You better run away from them. Any pastor that really loves you will preach the truth and he won't back down from it. And he'll preach what the Word of God says and he will show you in the Word of God where it is. Any man of God that tries to hold you under his thumb, he needs to find an altar somewhere because that's not what we're designed to do. We are trying to be watchmen on the wall. We are trying to feed the flock of God. We are trying to make sure that people make it to heaven one day. And so we're going to preach to you the whole word of God. I don't want to let go of the word of God. I want to, I want to stick to the word of God. But we live in a time today where we are going to be challenged because of our stand on truth. I believe there'll come a time probably when churches are challenged. That the church, if you preach certain things, it, we will be challenged. It's, it's already headed in that direction. That we're, you know, they, They're trying to pass hate, hate speech laws and different things like that. If you preach against sin or if you call out certain lifestyles and things like that, well, that's hate speech. And they'll lock you up if that's where you're going to preach. Or they'll lock the doors of your church if that's where you're going to preach. But word of God's got to be preached. Uh, we may have to be like uh, Peter and the apostles where they say, well, you, you judge. Is it better for us to obey God or man? What are we going to do? We've got to preach the word of God because anything less than the whole truth ain't going to save nobody. You've got to preach the word of God. The apostle Paul worried about churches that he uh, established that they would be led away, so he began to warn them. He, he was always, uh, you know, two letters to the Corinthian church, and he was really uh, tightening them up and correcting them and trying to get them back to the place they need to be, but he knew that uh, things were going on in their, in their walk and in their church and in their life. In 2 Corinthians 11 and 1, he was writing in this letter, he said, Would to God that you would bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. In other words, he was saying, I can't believe really I'm having to write this or even address this, but I'm going to have to. He said, for I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. He was their father in the Lord. For I have espoused you. Uh, it's just like he gave a daughter away to a bride. I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, and listen, he's going all the way back to where we just came from, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know what's simple? One word, obey. You know what the simplicity of Christ is? Obedience to his word. That's it. You know, a lot of people say, well, simplicity is just believe and don't do nothing because that makes it simple for them. But that's not what the Bible teaches, that we must obey the word of God. We've got to live by the word of God. And he said, I'm afraid that someone has corrupted you from the simplicity that is in Christ, that you need to obey his word. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. And so he said, there will be people, if they come in and try to preach other things, you know, you've got to listen because the next verse is he said, for I suppose I was not whipped behind the very chiefest apostles. He was saying, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I know my calling and I know what Jesus called me to do. You need to listen to your father in the Lord. You need to listen to the one who preached you into the truth. In verse 12, he said, but what I do that I will do that I may cut off occasions from them 
which desire occasion that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles. You see, everybody that decides, hey, I'm an apostle, doesn't really mean they're a true apostle. He said they are false apostles, deceitful workers, but they transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. Jesus said they'll be saying Christ is here and Christ is there. He said don't go with them. If it don't line up with the word, how how am I going to know? Check it with the word. If if you're in in an apostolic church that preaches truth and they start trying to draw you off somewhere and you say, oh, well, Y'all don't do that over there? Oh, no, we don't do that. We got this new freedom. So what would you do, just cut that page out of your Bible? What would you do? Well, you check it with the Word of God, and, and don't you let your flesh have his day and say, oh, yeah, let's go do that. You stick with the Word of God. Stick with his Word. And then he said, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their work. It ain't going to always last. They're going to work and try to wreak havoc in this day. But even our enemy, even that old devil, that roaring lion, he's got ministers. Ministers. Just like the Lord's got ministers. He's got ministers. And they're going to be out and, and, oh, like they're going to look like ministers of righteousness. Got the, got the suit, got the tie, got the big building, got the church, got the programs, got the TV show, got the book deal, got the movie deal. Oh, it's exciting. It's great. Not preaching the truth. Not preaching the truth. Oh, they just do all this over there, do all this over there. Are they praying anybody through the Holy Ghost? No, they don't even give an altar call for stuff like that. How can you go to a church that does not baptize in Jesus' name? How can you go to a church that believes that there is a trinity? How can you go to a church that does not believe that people have to have the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? How can you go somewhere like that and think that it's okay? It's not okay. They are not preaching the whole word of God. And maybe they don't know. Maybe it is a case where they simply do not know. But there are some who, believe me, they do know. They have studied our doctrine and they stay as far away from it as they can because they know that everybody doesn't want to hear that. Paul was concerned about his churches and the ones that he had worked with and labored with. He said it to the church in Galatia in verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. I'm telling you, everybody that says, hey, let's talk about the Lord, they're not really interested in talking about the Lord. They want to pull you away from what you believe. Everybody that says, hey, yeah, let's have a Bible study, they're not interested in really learning anything about the truth. They want to get you off the truth. There would be some who will pervert this gospel of Christ. Change it from what it really says and change it from what it really is. But then Paul says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. 
And as I said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that you have received, let it be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. What you got from that revelation of the mighty God in Christ, God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him bodily, what you got from that revelation, that baptism in Jesus' name, that infilling of the Holy Ghost, that's the truth of God's word. Don't you let nothing move you off the truth of God's word. We've got to stand on that truth. We cannot back off of it. And I, hey, I love everybody and I'll pray with everybody and I'll, I'll uh, talk to anybody and I'll do that. But I am not going to change what I believe according to God's word. And if I can't show it to you in the words, I hope you've been here with me long enough now that if it's not in the book, I'm not going to preach it. But if it's in here, we're going to stand on it. If it's in here, we're going to live by it. If you see yourself lining up with the world, get back to the word. If you start seeing yourself, if you look in the, in the mirror, if you look at your life, if you look at your habits and all of a sudden it seems like you're drifting toward the world, get back to the word because the word will make you different than the world. Jesus said so. Jesus said it would. He said, I have given them thy word and the world hates them because that is something the, the world cannot stand when you live by the word. You got people that just can't stand to be around you and aggravated at you? It's, hey, it ain't you. It ain't because you smell bad. It ain't, it's because you live by the word of God. Jesus said you'd be hated of all men for my name's sake. When you start standing up for the name of Jesus, people, you know, that, it's them people that, hey, I'm cool with Jesus as long as you don't talk about him. I'm good with you loving the Lord as long as you don't mention him to me. So they're really not good with him because they don't want to hear nothing about him. Because the Bible says a friend loveth at all times. So if you're talking about Jesus or not, they ought to love you. But this world does not want you to talk about it. The enemy sure doesn't want you starting Bible studies and doing outreach and, and having campus ministries and holding revivals. He doesn't want you going to conferences. He doesn't want you testifying about healings and blessings and deliverance. He wants to shut your mouth about what God's doing in this world. But when you live by the word of God and stand in that truth, friend, let me tell you, you're going to see signs and wonders and miracles and there ain't no way we're going to shut up about it. We're going to keep on preaching the Word of God. We're going to keep preaching the Word of God. I'm, I'm going to finish up with Paul wrote some great things uh, to Timothy, instructions, and a lot of times we just feel like that he's instructing the young minister, but really it is uh, that kind of Scripture. All, all Scripture is given by inspiration. And it's, it's, I believe it's for the, the church because he, he charged Timothy to preach these things that he was telling him. But he reminded him in uh, 2 Timothy 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. In other words, they have no self-control. They're fierce despisers of those that are good despisers of them that are good. It says that 
They're traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's the world we live in today, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. From such, turn away. You know, sometimes we'll quote that, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, but it's almost like we're afraid to say that last part. You just might as well realize and understand this, that sometimes you are going to have to turn away from some people, that there are some relationships that you're going to have to sever. Uh, Well, how am I going to win them? Uh, Sometimes it's so toxic that you're not going to win them, but it's going to pull you down. And these that that are having a form of godliness but deny the power thereof, turn away from them, get away from them, people that want to act like they are like us, but they deny the power thereof, turn away from them. Don't hate them. Don't talk bad about them. But don't link up with them. Don't join up with them in their falsehood. We've got to stand on the truth. We've got to stick with the Word of God. It's more desperate in this hour than it has ever been. Well, they, 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 they look like we do, but they don't do like we do. You know, when you, when you drive a, an automobile, you have to have a, a driver's license and insurance. But you know, you pull up at the red light and somebody can pull up beside you and you just glance over at them. They look just like you. They're just a driver. You can't tell the difference, really. But if about a mile up the road there's a license check, the man that's got the authority, he'll check you and say you're in compliance. But there ain't a thing that guy can do. Oh, I'm driving fine, but you don't have a license. But my car's fine, but it don't have insurance on it. But, but ain't no but, but, but about it. He may look like a good driver. He may even drive good. But if he hadn't done what he's supposed to do to be able to do it, you can't deny the power of God's word. You can't deny the truth of God's word. You can't just say, I want to look like I got it. You got to have it. Are you going to pay the price? I don't want to pay that price. I want to make sure. Uh, and then Paul, even reaching, Paul was always going back to old scripture. Remember the talking about the magicians that threw their rod down. Well, Paul calls them out by name. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. They resist the truth. They don't want to submit to the truth. And when they resist the truth, they resist the freedom of the Word of God. And he said, they, the, they are men of corrupt minds that reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. There's no future in that kind of life. You've got to stay on the truth of God's word. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but continue. Isn't that what Jesus said in that opening scripture? If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And Paul told Timothy, he said, you continue, this is verse 14, you continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child you have known the 
scripture, the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, the scripture that you know, that you've been taught, the word of God, the truth has never changed. And it's always been the only way to be saved and to stay saved. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, or instruction in righteousness. I want to stand on the truth. I want to stay with the word of God. And finally he says, you do all this so the man of God, woman of God, child of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He says, so that we can be whole, entire, and be perfected only by God's word. That's how it gets there. That's why there was a five-fold ministry given for the edifying of the church, for the perfecting of the saints. How do they do that? It's not of their own words. It's through the word of God that they preach. It's through the truth of God's word that they preach. Let's stand together tonight. Lift our hands to the Lord. And and would you thank him for his word tonight? Aren't you thankful that you know the truth? Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the truth of God's word tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you for your word. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Oh, we want to be on your word, God. We want to be in your truth. Lord, protect us, God, in this last day. Don't let us be deceived and pulled away from the truth, God. Lord, let us stand forever on the word of God. Hallelujah. We praise you for it tonight. We love you for it tonight. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Glory to God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise for his word. Thankful for the truth. Hallelujah. Thankful for the truth. Thankful for the truth of his word. Praise God. Thank you for being here tonight and being in Bible study. And uh, the Lord willing, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Don't forget, they've got that big yard sale going on Saturday, a benefit for Brother Josh Vaughn. And um, they're setting up now. You might go up there and pre-buy something. I don't know. Uh, They might find something. You want to get it before anybody else gets their hands on it. But um, let's advertise that and help them with that as much as we can. Won't, won't be a blessing to the Vaughn family. So, uh, but invite somebody to church with you this weekend. Tell somebody about the Lord, and let's see God. I know we've got at least one. I think this weekend to baptize again. So, uh, looking forward to God filling some more people with the Holy Ghost and baptizing people in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.